Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. General Milley subverted the authority. I have great confidence in General Milley. The evacuation was rushed. The Biden administration, they're playing the blame game. I blame Larry Nassar. To have my abuse be minimized and disregarded. With China and Russia. We are experiencing tension. Prevent nuclear war. Hardened criminals coming across that border. And the Democrats do not care. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in. Uh, yeah, it's uh, looking a little dicey for uh, General Milley. A number of 26 GOP representatives are calling for a milita- military probe into uh, Mark Milley for treason. I don't know that you can do treason, but you can certainly, as we talked about yesterday, the uh, Code of Military Justice, Article uh, 94, I think it is, uh, mutiny and sedition are definitely um, things that he could be uh, charged with. And again, is, is this new book by Bob Woodward and Robert Costa, is it accurate or is it uh, make-believe? But was interesting yesterday, he came out and didn't deny it. He tried to justify it, but he didn't deny it. So we'll see where that goes. Uh, welcome in. It is a Political Trivia Thursday. Your category today is vice presidential candidates, and I think it's going to go quick. So when we play in about a half hour, just giving you the heads up, you might be want to be quick on the speed dial. So Cousin Eddie decided he would try to push everything because of COVID. Let's put socialism on the top burner because of COVID, and let's put climate change because of COVID. He, he covered everything. I mean, you, you got to tip your hat to the guy. The guy came out and covered every kind of communist socialist agenda item you could possibly want to push, uh, all under the umbrella of COVID. Never let a good crisis go to waste. Biden says he hopes America does not squander the opportunity to remake the economy. This is cut two, Clark. Remake the economy in response to COVID-19 pandemic. Gave a speech, his Build Back Better speech. Uh, we can build an economy that gives working people a fair shot this time, Biden said. We can restore some sanity and fairness to our tax code, he said. We can make investments we know are long overdue in this nation, he said. Here is Cousin Eddie from earlier today. This pandemic has been god off for so many reasons. The lost lives, as I said, over 660,000. The jobs, the businesses lost, the lost time in school for our kids. But it does present us with an opportunity. We can build an economy that gives working people a fair shot this time. We can restore some sanity and fairness to our tax code. We can make the investments that we know are long overdue in this nation. That's exactly what my bipartisan infrastructure plan does. I should say our bipartisan infrastructure plan does. Investments in roads, bridges, highways, clean water in every home and every school, universal broadband, quality, affordable places for families to live. And we can invest in our people, giving our families a little help with their toughest expenses like daycare, child care, elder care, prescription drugs, health care, preparing the young people to compete against any country in the world with 
preschool, the community college. We can confront this crisis of extreme weather and climate change and not only protect our communities, but create new opportunities, new industries and new jobs. In short, this is an opportunity to be the nation we know we can be. A nation where all of us, all of us, not just those at the top, are getting to share the benefits of a growing economy in the years ahead. Let's not squander this moment trying to preserve an economy that hasn't worked too well for Americans for a long time. Let's not look backward just trying to rebuild what we had. Let's look forward together as one America, not to build back, but to build back better. Okay, let's uh, break this down. Cousin Eddie. Let me end with this. He said, this pandemic has been god-awful for so many reasons. Lost loved ones, over 600,000, the jobs, the businesses lost, the lost time at school for our kids. But this does present an opportunity. (laughs) Never let a good crisis go to waste, right? I mean, those words coming out of a socialist-slash-communist authoritarian ought to scare the pajubis out of everybody. But it does present us an opportunity. Goes on to say, we can build an economy that gives working people a fair shot this time. Uh, Joe, I would say the first three years under Donald Trump, working people were doing great. In fact, you all used the uh, COVID as a reason to uh, vilify Trump. Because you knew the economy was going great, great guns. You knew every person from every background, every race, every tribe was doing really well under the Donald Trump economy. So this idea that we can build an economy that gives working people a fair shot this time. That is is right out of the socialist propaganda playbook. He goes on to say we can restore some sanity and fairness to our tax code. Fairness to our tax code. Hmm. Like a flat tax, you mean, Joe? No, no. We can make the investments that we know are long overdue in this nation. That's exactly what my bipartisan infrastructure bill will do. (laughs) Bipartisan. He said it twice, not once, but twice. I should say our bipartisan infrastructure plan does. Uh, exactly how many Republicans are for spending this uh, $3.5 trillion, Joe? He goes on to talk about investments in roads and bridges. I'll get into a little bit more into the 3.5 because it's a lot of garbage in there along with the infrastructure. I mean, there, there's you could probably make an argument that we need to be having an ongoing infrastructure investment in true infrastructure. But it's uh, it, this. This is a Trojan horse. This is a Trojan horse that has infrastructure painted all over it, and yet what's inside is there's a lot of garbage. It's not infrastructure. Then he says we can confront this crisis of extreme weather and climate change. Joe, poll after poll after poll, nobody cares about your stupid liberal climate change. It, I mean, it polls dead last. Of all the garbage we've got to deal with, you're pushing climate change. In short, this is an opportunity to be the nation we know we can be. In Joe's mind, that is socialism, communism. 
a nation where all of us, all of us, not just those at the top sharing the benefits. Those at the top, what, what benefits do they share from the government? I mean, they're, they're having to pay out a lot, and under your new tax proposals, your, quote, sanity and fairness tax proposals, they'll be paying even more. Let's not squander this moment trying to preserve an economy that hasn't worked well for a lot of Americans for a long time. Well, I got news for you, Joe. For a long time, we've begun deeper and deeper and deeper into socialism, and that's all you want to do. You just want to further the unproductive socialist agenda and throw that on the backs of Americans. Let's not look backwards, just trying to rebuild what we had. Let's look forward. Yeah, let's look forward, because if we look backwards, we'll actually look back to capitalism. We'll actually look back to free enterprise. We want to look forward to socialism. Yeah, let's look forward. Hope and change, right? I mean, this is, whoever wrote Obama's speeches wrote this one. This is just typical Obama crap. But what is in this $3.5 trillion bill that he didn't talk about today? Town Hall had a great article on this. President Biden's radical woke leftist dream of a budget bill contains a lot of liberal nonsense at a cost more than $3 trillion. Among the most consequential provisions within it are major changes to the immigration system in the United States. And because of the reconciliation process being used by Democrat leadership, most of these provisions will receive little, if any, debate by the legislators. Included in this bill, mass amnesty for millions of illegal aliens, what the Biden budget refers to as human infrastructure, Human infrastructure. Now, when they, when you hear them talk about human infrastructure, oh, we're, we're talking about child care, you know, help for parents to have child care. No, 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 no. I mean, that's in there. But what's in there that, and, and that's bad enough, but what's in there that's really bad? Human infrastructure. The package to be passed via reconciliation also does more to simply reform than simply reform America's immigration system. Former Trump aide Stephen Miller called Biden's budget process and proposal the most dramatic immigration rewrite since 1965 and tweeted a thread of excerpts from the gargantuan bill, just highlighted a few of the troubling measures. Now, he took this right out of the bill. There's photocopies of the bill in this uh, town hall um, article. For one, the bill would lift caps on chain migration. That's the process by which an immigrant citizen can petition to bring their family members into the United States, as well without the usual restrictions on legal immigrants that most immigration programs is susceptible to fraud and abuse. Now, if you remember Donald Trump, this was a, a key thing that he was pushing was to shut down the chain migration. In this bill, he wants to open it wide. So ch chain migration, if you've gotten here illegal now, and by the way, one of the first things he wants to do is make all the illegals legal. And once they're legal, then they can bring in everybody, cousins, uncles, aunts, grandma, grandpa. They're, they're all welcome, all legal. I mean, we're talking about, I mean, he, how many, how many millions is he talking about giving permanent legal residents to? 
And then all those people can bring in how many more millions? Biden's budget would also increase the number of green cards available for issue by calculating every green card that could have been granted but wasn't since the George H.W. Bush administration. George H.W. Bush, that's the Ronald Reagan Bush. And add that number to the quantity of new green cards issued. Why? Nobody knows, except for the fact that somehow Joe feels like that immigration hadn't been and, and immigration and green cards hadn't been where it should be. And despite Democrat claims that they're the party of the working American, Biden's budget would expand the number of green cards available for foreign workers by, again, calculating the number of green cards that would have been issued but weren't since 1992 and adding two decades worth of ungranted green cards to the number available now. In other words, if you want a green card, yeah, we'll, we'll give you one. What is this going to do to working Americans? I mean, they, they, he's constantly talking about good jobs for Americans. <laughs> wow. And he's talking about bringing in millions of immigrants and handing out green cards hand over fist. In addition, anyone who applied to come to the United States during the Trump administration via the diversity visa lottery, but was disallowed due to concerns over terrorism in their home countries or the Wuhan coronavirus concerns would be admitted by the Biden budget. Other restrictions related to visa availability would be mitigated by allowing those with the means to buy their way into the country and in certain cases without concern for caps if the wait for a green card is more than two years. Uh, This is another example of anarchy. This is pure anarchy. And and they're they're doing it. Well, I'm compassionate. You're not compassionate to the American citizenry. These measures contained within Biden's budget bill deserves to be debated by the American elected representatives, not slipped into a massive reconciliation scheme to satisfy Democrats' radical agenda. And the reason why they got to bring it into the uh, reconciliation process is because they know that's the only way they can get it through. They've got to cheat to get their agenda through. They've got to hide it. They've got to get it through in the, the dark of the night. This is, uh, boy, if, if the American people would wake up and realize what's going on, there would be a major march in Washington, and there would be certain politicians that would be tarred and feathered. Unbelievable. But that's what's, that, and boy, that's not the only garbage that's in that bill. I've got another clip I want to play for you. We've got to take a time out first, though. And uh, it is, uh, he, he brought up during today's, what was supposed to be a, a bill on the economy, he ties into COVID and, of course, pushed COVID and climate change and everything else. Stay with us. We'll be right back. I'm a bit confused. Cutting through the confusion. Why are they forcing the vaccine on people at all? News and views. Should I get it? Should I not get it? To bring you clarity and certainty. I am just, I'm tired of it. So I'm losing trust in all of it. Now back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 Here's something we all agree on. It's uh, National Double Cheeseburger Day. 
comes up with these idiotic national whatever days? But today is National Double Cheeseburger Day. Sounds good to me. Throw a little bacon on mine. Take a look at your weather forecast. Tonight, a chance of showers and thunderstorms before 8 o'clock. Otherwise, low around 72. A chance of precip early in the evening, 30%. A little rain shower passed through earlier today in the Greenville area of eastern North Carolina. Friday, a chance of showers and thunderstorms mainly in the afternoon. A high near 86. Chance of rain tomorrow is 40% and uh, decreases to 30% tomorrow night with a low around 70. Weather brought to you by our friends at the Ironwood Golf and Country Club. Voted best golf course in Greenville two years in a row. Ironwood boasts an 18-hole Lee Trevino design course, full-service dining, an outdoor pool, tennis, and more. Our newly renovated 15,000-square-foot clubhouse is a perfect place to make new friends and new traditions with your family. For a limited time, join Ironwood. Pay zero in initiation fees. That's not going to last too much longer, by the way. Give them a call, 252-752-4653. Be a part of the best Ironwood Golf and Country Club. 252-752-4653. And, uh, boy, this is a gorgeous time of year to get out and play golf. This just out over the Daily Wire, Texas Governor Greg Abbott has shut down six ports of entry from Mexico into the United States to curb a surge in illegal migrants crossing over the border. The sheer negligence of the Biden administration to do their job and secure the border is appalling. I have directed the Department of Public Safety and the Texas National Guard to surge personnel and vehicles to shut down six points of entry along the southern border to stop these caravans from overrunning our state, Abbott said in a statement late today. Abbott's drastic action came after drone footage captured by Fox News showed the number of migrants waiting for processing in Del Rio, Texas, doubling overnight from 4,200 to 8,000 people. The border crisis is so dire, the U.S. Customs and Border Protection is requesting our help as their agents are overwhelmed by the chaos. Unlike President Biden, the state of Texas remains committed to securing our border and protecting Americans, Abbott continued. Uh, According to Abbott, the Biden administration initially asked Texas to help in closing the border amid the surge of illegal migrants, but White House reversed itself hours later, six hours after the U.S. Customs and Border Protection requested help from Texas to close the ports of entry and secure the border. The Biden administration has now flip-flopped to a different strategy that abandons border security and instead makes it easier for people to cross illegally and for the cartels to exploit the border. You know, this is one of the reasons we do this program, and I know liberals aren't listening But we need to get the information out as best we can, and you need to share it as best you can, and you need to post these stories, post these broadcasts, share the information, because if people knew the garbage that was going on and the idiotic decisions, decisions that are idiotic to us, but to them who want to destroy this country, it makes perfect sense. They don't give a hoot. They don't give a hoot about what happens to America as long as their power is secure. And and what's frustrating is there's too many Republicans up there that are basically, they they get up there and after a while they have the same attitude. I know, okay, they're not as liberal, but they they, want to stay there. That's the bottom line. This is why we need term limits. It is totally frustrating. Town Hall, going back to uh, 
the uh, little economy speech by Joe Biden. I mean, you really couldn't tell. Is it a comedy? It was comedy. (laughs) Was it an economy speech or was it a COVID speech or was it a climate warming speech, climate change garbage speech? Um, this, This would be cut one, Clark. In remarks at the White House today, again, it was billed as remarks on leveling the playing field in our economy to bring down costs and ensure that the backbone of the country, the middle class, can finally get a break. You know, they got a break that they were enthralled with under Donald Trump. And you all didn't know what to do. So you had to take the COVID and uh, use that, weaponize that to get rid of the guy. So now I played you er earlier the part of the speech that actually dealt with the economy. This is the part of the speech that ends up dealing with COVID and his slam on Texas and Florida and how they've uh, dealt with COVID. But we're facing a lot of pushback, especially from some of the Republican governors. The governors of Florida and Texas are doing everything they can to undermine the life-saving requirements that I propose. And some of the same governors attacking me are in states with the strictest vaccine mandates for children attending school in the entire country. For example, in Mississippi, children are required to be vaccinated against measles, mumps, rubella, chickenpox, hepatitis B, polio, tetanus, and more. These are state requirements. But in the midst of a pandemic that has already taken over 660,000 lives, I propose requirement for COVID vaccines, and the governor of that state calls it, quote, a tyrannical type move. A tyrannical type move? This is the worst kind of politics because it's putting the lives of citizens of their states, especially children, at risk. And I refuse to give in to it. Joe, Cousin Eddie, it's tyrannical because those states that passed those vaccine laws, it was passed by a legislative body. It wasn't some governor down there that says, by fiat, I'm going to dictate that you got to pass these vaccines. It was done legislatively, legally. That's why he said what you're doing is tyrannical. And he's right. You do not have the authority to wave your magic wand. I know your, your boss, Obama, said, I've got a pen and a phone. I can do whatever I darn well please. You can't do that. The, the governor of Mississippi had it right. What you're doing is tyrannical. And regard, look, we have a rule of law. It's called the Constitution. And this, this, is, this playbook, oh, we've got, a, we've got a crisis here, so we can do whatever we want. And we'll, and we'll do it all under the umbrella of we're being compassionate. We can do what, whatever we darn well please to do because, oh, this is a crisis. This is a pandemic, so we can do whatever we feel like doing. We can be dictatorial. We can, we can essentially pass laws without a legislature. We're going to do it by fiat. We're going to do it by explanation point, by me just coming out with an executive uh, uh, pronouncement, and it's all done. That's why it's tyrannical, Joe, and you know it. Well, maybe you don't. <laughs> I don't know that you know what's going on. You read that speech pretty good, though. Uh, by the way, Now, he complains about the fact that 
Florida and Texas aren't following in line, falling in line. What's interesting about this, two things. One, the Tallahassee Democrat came out with a story last night talking about uh, in Leon County, where Tallahassee is located, COVID cases and hospitalizations have plummeted 22.4%. Now, I imagine in Florida with Ron DeSantis that we're actually maybe getting a more legitimate number count, that, 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 that number is actually people who are actually in the hospital for COVID. And we talked about this yesterday, how these hospitals, when you go in, you, when you're admitted for something else, you're going, you go in, you might be totally asymptomatic, you might feel fine as it relates to COVID, but they test you and you test positive, they're going to put you down as a COVID patient. But in Tallahassee, the numbers drop. And actually, it's dropping pretty much with those numbers all over the state of Florida. I actually heard uh, coming in a, a newscast talking about in North Carolina, it's down. Now, it's not down by 22%. I don't know how they're counting it, but it's down. And again, <laughs> this is really interesting. This is on the heels of all these ball games. And if you don't think they have packed crowds in football stadiums in Florida, you haven't been to Florida. But the other thing is Biden's blind partisanship is such that he's actually playing dirty pool with Florida and Texas a petty political maneuver while Biden is putting, or Biden, the Biden administration, Joe doesn't know what's going on. The Biden administration is putting Americans' lives at risk. The development is somewhat unsurprising, given he's also left Americans stranded in the Taliban, behind the enemy lines in Afghanistan under the Taliban rule. Uh, however, it's disturbing nonetheless, writes the town hall. As been reported by officials in Florida, the Biden administration blindsided Florida's health officials by restricting the supply of monoclonal antibody treatments. And in Texas, a similar situation unfolded when Biden and his administration cut supply for the same treatments for the residents of that state. It's clear that the Biden administration is pursuing an agenda of cruelty against those he disagrees with politically. Pair the Biden administration withholding of these antibody treatments with the CDC's directive for pharmacies to stop filling prescriptions for Invermectin, uh, another drug doctors prescribed to help uh, COVID patients fight the virus. It is clear that Joe Biden is playing politics with the lives of Americans simply because the state in which they live, contrary to what he claimed of Texas and Florida, it's President Biden who's engaging the worst kind of politics. I mean, does does now one would have to ask themselves, is he withholding these drugs because he actually wants to see the numbers rise? Because if they rise, he's right and they're wrong. He can vilify Abbott and DeSantis say, oh, look, look, look how bad it is in Florida. In spite of that, the numbers are going down. Just the News is reporting, this is John Solomon's organization, Special Counsel John Durham reportedly is seeking a grand jury indictment against Michael Sussman, a cybersecurity lawyer at the Democratic Allied uh, law firm that represented, represented Hillary Clinton's 2016 campaign. 
According to the New York Times, the charge is said to be related to an alleged false statement to the FBI about a client's identity when Sussman pushed now-debunked claims about secret communications between Russia, Alpha Bank, and the Trump Organization in the lead-up to the 2016 presidential election. Durham has told the Justice Department that he will ask a grand jury to indict a prominent cybersecurity lawyer on a charge of making false statements to the FBI, the New York Times reported yesterday, citing people familiar with the matter. Prior testimony and documents show Sussman worked at Perkins Coy, delivered allegations about the Alpha server to the then FBI general counsel James Baker in the fall of 2016. Baker had told investigators Sussman told him his approach was not on behalf of any client, but Sussman told Congress he made the approach on behalf of a computer security client. The newspaper said Durham's team has obtained records showing Sussman billed work on the Alpha Bank matter to the Clinton campaign. (laughs) Well, suspicions confirmed. We knew that all along. Of course, I know nothing about that. Sussman's lawyers, Sean Berkowitz and Michael Bosworth, acknowledged Wednesday that they expected him to be indicted but denied wrongdoing. Mr. Sussman has committed no crime. Well, lying to the FBI, I think, is uh, any prosecution. Isn't that what um, Michael Flynn (laughs) was uh, basically uh, put under a microscope and blackmailed? And, you know, I mean, he finally got out from under it after basically four years of hell. But that's the same thing that they accused Michael Flynn of. And and that was concocted. Sussman, I don't think so. I mean, uh, okay, I know, innocent until proven guilty, but same thing that Michael Flynn was found guilty of. And here's the interesting thing, though. Now that Merrick Garland is head of the uh, the attorney general, head of the Obama, uh, Obama, <laughs> Yeah, Freudian slip of the Biden DOJ. What will he do to block this? Or will they let this guy Sussman and Hillary Clinton? Will they throw him under the bus? Will they let them? Eh, eh, we don't need them anymore. Hillary's a has been. She's useless to us. Will Hillary Clinton get in trouble for this? I mean, this is pretty pretty obvious now that. If she is paying the bill, if the Hillary Clinton campaign is paying the bill to Sussman, she was the one that initiated all these Russian collusion attacks. And wasn't it interesting that their accusation of Trump was that he was colluding with the Russians, and that was dirty politics while they were doing this. We've got to take a time out, but when we come back, we're going to play political trivia. So give us a call. Your category, Vice Presidential Candidates, 561-8255. I think it's going to go really quick, all right? Got a great prize package, 561-8256. Vice Presidential Candidates, when we get back, 
category today, vice presidential candidates. Your prize package includes a free oil change for your car pickup at David Davis's East Carolina Chrysler Dodge Jeep or at Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. Also a gift certificate from Fit for Life, including two free training sessions with a fitness coach. A $20 gift card to the Pirates Cove Car Wash, proud partner of the ECU Courtesy Car Program. A free round of golf with cart at Ironwood. A $20 gift card to Mucho Bueno for lunch or dinner. Mucho Bueno, real Mexican street food located in front of the Westbrook Shopping Center, U.S. 70 Weston Havelock. A $20 gift card to Gwendy's Goodies Bakery. And Aiden, delicious baked fresh made from scratch goodies. And a gift card to the University PC Care folks uh, for a repair on your iPad, iPhone, or whatever. Remember, if you or anyone in your immediate family have won recently, let 60 days pass before you play again. First up from Newburn, it's Carlton. Hey, Carlton. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing well. You ready to play? Yes, sir. All right, your category, vice presidential candidates. Here's your question. In the 2000 presidential campaign, Al Gore was the Democrat nominee. He ended up losing to George Bush. Had Al Gore won the election, his vice president would have had a very unique distinction amongst all U.S. vice presidents. What? I can't think of anything off the top of my head. All right. Think about it. Give us a call back. 561-8255. Let's go to Greenville. Ann is on the line. Hi, Ann. Let's go to Mike Newburn and hung up. I guess she didn't like the question. Mike Newburn. Hey, guys. Hey, what do you think? In 2000, presidential campaign, Al Gore was the Democrat nominee. He ended up losing to George Bush. Had Al Gore won the election, his vice president would have had a very unique distinction amongst all U.S. vice presidents. What? Didn't he have some diagnosed uh, mental health issues? No, I think you're thinking about one. Uh, well, yeah. e- you're thinking about Eagleton way back in. Uh, yeah, that was a long time ago. Who who was uh, who was? Oh, that's part of the question. Week? That's part of the question, Mike. You got to figure oh, that okay. out first. Five six one eight two five five. Yeah, I mean that might be a hint if nobody gets it, Mike. But uh, five six one eight two five five. So figure out first. Okay, who was the vice president under Al Gore? It might be a whole lot easier once you figure that out. 561-8255. Who we got, Clark? Robert's on the line. Hey, Robert. Yes, sir. Okay. First of all, who, who was who was the VP for Al Gore? Well, I was gonna. I was just gonna give you the distinct. The distinction would have been he would have been Jew, the first Jewish. You got friend. it. Congratulations, Robert. It was <laughs> it was Lieberman, and he would have yes, been sir. the first. Jewish vice president, or for that matter, had something happened to Gore and he become president. We've never had a Jewish president either. Joe Lieberman. Absolutely. Absolutely. Where are yeah, you calling from, Robert? One of the few Democrats, one of the few elected Democrats that had a brain back in those you days. You know, he almost comes too. across as a conservative now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Lieberman is a pretty good guy. But hey, that's why old Democrats used to be. Where are you calling from, Robert? I'm actually on the road, uh, and I'm traveling uh, between Pollocksville and Newburn and headed up to uh, visit my son at the hospital. He had some back surgery. Well, uh, have I'm, a good I'm, trip. But I'm from, but, uh, but I reside in Hubert, North Carolina. All right. City. Great. Well, good to hear from you, Robert. Hang on the line because Clark's going to get your information, and we'll get you those certificates out. 
Robert got it right. Joe Lieberman, the first Jewish vice president. Oh, what might have been. We'll be right back. This is your Drive at 5, an ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Congratulations to Robert Andrews of Hubert, North Carolina. He got it right. Job Lieberman, who was of the Jewish faith. He would have been the first Jewish vice president of the United States. Uh, Interestingly, Bernie Sanders was the first Jewish American to win a presidential primary when he won the New Hampshire primary, a state primary. He didn't win the whole thing, but he won the state of New Hampshire in 2016. I, I don't think, I just, I'll go out on the limb here. I don't think uh, Bernie is an Orthodox Jewish individual. I just, <laughs> doesn't come across to me that way. Congratulations, Robert. We've got a boatload of goodies we'll get out to you. Uh, interesting story out of the Daily Wire. The Heritage Foundation claims that Amazon temporarily censored its ability to advertise and promote one of its researchers' new book on Black Lives Matter and its relationship to Marxism. According to the Heritage Press, Amazon informed them that an advertisement for the book BLM, The Making of a New Marxist Revolution, failed to comply with its creative acceptance policy on Thursday The Heritage Foundation won its appeal and was notified that the censoring was a result of human error. Oh, yeah. Oh, human error. Oh, yeah. Amazon claims that the book no longer complies with our current creative acceptance policies, specifically for the following reasons. Your ad contains books or content that is not allowed. Content that revolves around controversial or highly debated social topics is not permitted. Please remove this content from your ad. Uh, the Heritage made a, a great point. Um, somehow, this controversial subject that they were banned for, um, uh, was, was it an issue when uh, Hannah Jones was promoting her 1619 project? Was it an issue when Ibram X. Kinti came out with his anti-racist books? Uh, I don't think so. But if it's a conservative, nah, that's an issue. Finally, the whole idea of natural immunity through, through having had COVID is finally starting to make some headway. Today, Senator Ron Johnson from Wisconsin sent a letter requesting information about the Biden's administration's vaccine guidance for individuals who have received some sort of immunity from COVID-19 via prior infection. Uh, Johnson, it was a pretty scathing letter. He wrote it uh, to three individuals. Uh, Fauci is one of them, along with uh, Rochelle Walensky, who is uh, at the uh, Centers for Disease Control, and uh, also Janet Woodcock, who is at the Food and Drug Administration. You know, we, we had an article earlier, which, by the way, Ron Jensen quoted from the same article. There was a study in Israel. There was a study in St. Louis. And as Johnson said in his letter, that a number of these studies indicate that natural immunity is stronger than the vaccine. And in fact, the Israeli study, I believe it was the Israeli study, maybe it might have been the St. Louis study, though, 27 times more effective than the natural vaccine. So uh, now, will, will this do anything? I, you know, the, the Democrats do not listen to reason. 
rather ironic that they're constantly on the show us the science and data bandwagon because they never look at the science and the data unless it happens to coincide with their preconceived notions. But uh, nonetheless, this has been sent, and uh, if the public outcry continues against the vaccine mandate, Maybe they'll back down. Now they're not. They're not. This is just a, a drop in the bucket. This letter from Ron Johnson. But thank you for doing so. Uh, Arizona has come out today and said they are suing the federal government. The uh, actual lawsuit was filed on Tuesday uh, over the Joe Biden vaccine mandate. They're just saying that uh, they do not have the, the the Biden does not have the wherewithal to, you know, make such a declaration. Even Joe Biden's own chief of staff, Ronald Klain, acknowledged the federal government lacks the legal authority to impose COVID-19 mandate, but is doing so anyway with this ultimate workaround. The, re- the workaround, by the way, is they're going through OSHA, and OSHA is saying that we need this vaccine mandate. You've got to have it. And they're using, quote, an emergency workplace safety rule as the rationale for it. And uh, so this is this chief of staff, Ronald Klain, is saying, well, you know, it's OSHA that's doing it. You know, we've we've put forth the mandate, but it's uh, it falls under this OSHA rule. So essentially, that's even worse. So what you're saying, it's okay because an unelected bureaucracy OSHA is enforcing what essentially is legislation that has not been passed by a legislative body. So OSHA can basically demand businesses to do whatever, whatever they're in the mood for that to dictate to that particular business or businesses in general. They, they can do it as long as we do it under the umbrella of, well, this is for the safety of the work of the workforce. What a, cockamamie whatever Uh, again it goes back an agency cannot create law a president cannot create law they can't do it and that's exactly what they're trying to do and again it's right out of the obama playbook i've got a phone and a pen and i'll i'll bypass congress you can't do it congratulations again to robert andrews political trivia winner have a great night we'll do it again tomorrow at five we'll see you then bye bye everybody All right, all right, all right.